I definitely highly recommend anybody that it has a dream, either struggling where they're at or they're comfortable where they're at. It doesn't really matter where you're at as long as you just take the leap and you just go fully into your dream. Very excited that, you know, we're actually going to create a model for how to build regenerative cities. And I feel that once we do that, we can showcase these that it's possible. I reached all of my income goals that I wanted to in a matter of like two years. And after I got to that point, I was like, okay, so what's next? Do I just keep setting higher goals? Do I just buy more properties? Sometimes we feel like we're all alone in that place where, you know, we just are uninspired or unmotivated in our lives. And I've definitely been there too. Fuel your dreams, ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home here at Fearless Inspiration. When I was in Sacramento doing real estate, I literally didn't think there was anybody else in the world like me. Since then, I've actually found a global tribe, global group of leaders that are all about creating a better world in so many different capacities. And a lot of times what happens in development projects is they get so bogged down by all of the, the financial constraints. You know, they have to make a profit, so they have to get it done fast or else there's gonna be hard money payments and all of these, you know, constraints. But if we slow down a little bit and we tune in to, all right, let's look at the land. Like, what is the topography? How can we put in the permaculture principles? How can we make sure that all the resources that we're using are actually sustainable and regenerative and we don't just say they are? And there's, you know, been so much that has happened with the indigenous in the past that I feel like it is now our calling to help them and talk to them and see what they want and what they need and really help them thrive as a community. And today's guest is Kelly Krizak founder and CEO of New Earth Now. She's creating regenerative infrastructure to allow humanity to thrive and live harmoniously with nature, each other and the planet. Hi Kelly, where are you calling from today? Hi Ian, so good to be here. I'm from um, San Diego area right now. Cool. Now the opening icebreaker question I like to ask, is there something that you're both good at and love doing? Something that just drips out of you? Yeah, and luckily that's exactly what I'm doing right now for for my career, for my business, and that is um, just working on regenerative community and city projects. It just it feels so exciting to me to just envision the way that our world could be and really be able to ground that in through creating regenerative structures and systems and all of the things. So really, it's about you know, envisioning how the world could be. And and we have so many problems uh, in the world today, like homelessness and hunger and poverty and, you know, all of those things that we don't like to think about, but exist. And I see um, creating regenerative communities as a way to be able to help that, to be able to provide more affordable housing and to grow our own food and get our own resources without having to rely on government or things of that nature. And eventually, I'd like to take this to underdeveloped countries to be able to educate them on how to grow their own food, how to build their own shelter, just with their natural resources they have, not really going in and you know providing everything to them 
and just giving them things, but more asking them what they want and then being able to actually help educate on if they want shelter, educate on how to build their house from the dirt that they have right there, you know, those types of things. So um, yeah, that's what excites me. And that's what I'm, I'm working on right now. Brilliant. I'm going to get asking a bit more on that in a moment. But first of all, to get to your roots of inspiration, have you got a person in your life who's been your biggest inspiration and why? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a couple of people who come to mind, but I think the biggest one is probably Jacques Fresco. He created the Venus Project concept, which is a regenerative city design, and it uses a resource-based economy rather than a monetary-based economy. So it's just really incredible how what he truly wants is to create a society in which all basic needs are provided for everyone and not just basic needs, but a thriving lifestyle where we can live in harmony with nature, where everything is run off renewable energy and um, where humans are meant to create and innovate and truly thrive. So he really inspires me uh, with what he's spent his whole life on. He actually passed away at 102 years old a few years ago, but he spent his entire life since he was eight years old envisioning cities of the future and in creating inventions that could help support these cities. So he is just an architectural genius and design genius. So he really inspires me a lot. <laughs> and I think he's got somebody good in you taking over the reins maybe and you know following on in the same path. And what really inspires me about you is you've got this, like you've said, amazing, amazing envisioning skill. And you're kind of saying now, we're just going to build one of these things. Maybe it'll be a smaller community to start off with, but you're going to build a city that works along these principles as an example for how the world can improve. And that's just great. And you can expand on that a bit more. Yeah. Um, well, it's really just such an honor to be a part of this. When I was younger, I really wanted to help the world and my goal, actually, I wrote in a notebook uh, when I was just 10 years old, goal to take over the world and unite it in peace. <laughs> I thought that was a funny way of like looking back and seeing, you know, my notebook and just like how I wrote that. But I just had this strong motivation to help the world in some way and didn't exactly know how to do that. And um, the Venus Project, actually what Jacques Fresco created was uh, what inspired me to do um, uh, New Earth Now, the regenerative development company, because I see that as uh, the transition towards a better world where we can eliminate a lot of human suffering right now. So I just got uh, super excited about it. I started traveling the world. Um, actually, before that, before I started traveling, I was got into financial planning and real estate and, you know, was just like kind of on the grind of like making money and all these things. And eventually I felt unfulfilled with that. And I really wanted to pursue my passion in sustainable development, but I didn't know very many people who were doing it. So I went um, and traveled to Costa Rica, where there was a ton of different sustainable community projects. I went to Bali, Thailand, and a bunch of different other areas to just research what was working and what wasn't um, in these communities. And what I found was they're amazing with what they're doing, but a lot of times uh, it's hard to live that way because you know without the financial backing, you don't have modern convenience or luxury that that we have you know in the U.S. and they do in a lot of a lot of them now, 
but for the majority of them, I really wanted to create something that was going to be sustainable and regenerative and also luxury where we could build it, you know, in places like California and people would um, not have any difference from moving from something that's unsustainable to actually regenerative. And so making it more widespread to the masses has really been my goal. You know, that's just the first part of many of, you know, from regenerative housing all the way to uh, regenerative cities. And I'm working with a project right now that is just starting and it's going to be building a regenerative city project. And we're about to get the funding in a few months. And so it's kind of on the down low right now, but very excited that, you know, we're actually going to create a model for how to build regenerative cities. And I feel that once we do that, we can showcase these that it's possible because right now a lot of people think, you know, it's not possible. We don't have all the technology, but we have all the technology, all the resources that we need to today. And a lot of times what happens in development projects is they get so bogged down by all of the the financial constraints, you know, they have to make a profit. So they have to get it done fast or else there's going to be hard money payments and all of these, you know, constraints. But if we slow down a little bit and we tune in to, all right, let's look at the land. Like what is the topography? How can we put in the permaculture principles? How can we make sure that all the resources that we're using are actually sustainable and regenerative? And we don't just say they are. And do that research that's needed and then track everything, do energy metering and water metering and actually make sure that we're being efficient, actually make sure that we're um, not using more than we generate. So that's really what it's all about is being conscious and then also where it's going, where the materials are going. Are they compostable? Are we having zero waste? Are we utilizing our waste in a positive way? Because you can have waste actually create energy for you now. So creating a city like that, that proves all of these things and showcases the model is the next step and and just really exciting. And when we do that, we can start building more and not just, you know, massive cities that utilize resources, although these will be generating more resources, but also like I was talking about earlier with helping underdeveloped countries or um, impoverished countries that, that may need it. Brilliant. And you mentioned there your transition from real estate to your passion project. And I saw on one of your videos that at some point you decided, well, I'm just going to start pursuing my dreams before I've got this kind of financial safety blanket, as it were. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So in real estate, a lot of it is about how much money can you make off of a house flip, which is totally fine and legitimate. But it doesn't give any innate value to internal value to me of what I'm doing for the world. Like, yeah, like it's beautifying the place and helping raise values in the um, neighborhood and, you know, helping people that maybe are in foreclosure and getting them out. Or, you know, there's a lot of good things in real estate, but it didn't feel like I was actually making a real impact on like creating a better world. And so, I just noticed that after I had reached all of my goals in real estate, you know, I, I became an agent. I had, I did wholesaling. I did real estate investments. I did Airbnbs. I did rental properties. I trained a team of over 200 investors. I ran a, a group where I was speaking in a hundred, uh, in front of a hundred people every month and I had a group of over a thousand investors. I mean, I did everything there was to do and I had built up a lot of 
you know, confidence in that in my area. And um, people were looking to me to figure out, you know, how to do real estate investments. And I, you know, could have kept going on that path. And I reached all of my income goals that I wanted to in a matter of like two years. And after I got to that point, I was like, okay, so what's next? Do I just keep setting higher goals? Do I just buy more properties? Like, do I just continue on this path of just wanting more and more and more, even though I'm fully satisfied with what I have right now? And, you know, I don't feel like getting more will make me any happier. Thank God I came to that realization, you know, because that's when I started to pursue what I truly wanted to do. And that's when I started traveling around and and had the opportunity to explore these other areas. And it was definitely not an easy transition to go from something that you know really well and you're really, really good at to something that you're just starting new at. And so I really had to humble myself and just, you know, start from scratch kind of. But I had built those skills that I had in real estate, which really helped me with what I'm doing now. And all it was was just creating the right connections Um, meeting the most amazing uh, regenerative uh, specialists in the world or community builders and just uh, learning from what they did and being able to take that information and go from there. And so, yeah, I definitely highly recommend anybody that it has a dream that they're, you know, either struggling where they're at or they're comfortable where they're at. It doesn't really matter where you're at as long as you just take the leap and you just go fully into your dream because like life just feels so much more worth living and worth all the hard work that it takes and making it, you know, play as much as you can instead of hard work is really the key. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely been my transition. No, that's a beautiful (laughs) answer. And you mentioned building community there. So I love inspiring events that somehow spontaneously bring people together and make them feel like they're on the same team. Have you got any inspiring story or event you can think of where, you know, that seemed to bring people together? Yeah, actually, there's a festival that my friends Amanda and Yatri created called Totality. And it's not like most festivals that I've been to where there's a lot of just craziness going on. And, you know, it's all about the flashy lights and loud music. And, you know, it has those elements encompassed into it. But really, the heart of it, you know, is being whole, being total, being a higher consciousness level than yourself. So they have all these really inspirational workshops that teach people so many different things. They had stuff from, you know, scalar energy technologies, sustainable community projects, empowering the divine feminine, or just, you know, sensual awakenings, unleashing your inner power. So many different amazing uh, talks and workshops that are just so incredible. And then they have artists from around the world and showcasing their products and their paintings. And of course, musicians that were just, they're like our friends that are musicians that are just so amazing at what they do. And you can just feel the higher vibrational frequency in their music. And it wasn't only just what was there at Totality that made it amazing. It was the people, you know, almost all of the people there are here to create a better world in some capacity. And that's what really attracted them all together. And being around really inspiring, amazing people just uplifts, you know, the whole Buddha field around the whole area and each other and just helps us remember why we're here. Don't worry. 
I've made notes of today's top 10 hits of inspiration. Hang on to the end to hear the summary. Wonderful. That sounds amazing. Will it be running again? Yeah. I'm not sure what the dates are for next year, but it's at least once or sometimes twice a year. Um, And they do meditation retreats as well, which are really uh, incredible. And you get to get closer with um, about 25 to 30 people or so and go deep within yourself and deep with other people. So they have the both the festivals and the retreats. And that's in the USA? Actually, they do them in different areas. They were in Playa del Carmen with their retreat, but they were in like Joshua Tree, Sequoia National Forest area in California for the festival this time, but they might do it in different areas. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Okay, now for people who've got a bit of low self-belief and forgotten how amazing they are, is there anything that you can say to those guys to push them on a bit? Definitely. Yeah, I think it's, you know, sometimes we feel like we're all alone in that place where, you know, we just are uninspired or unmotivated in our lives. And I've definitely been there too, even though how, you know, incredible life is, you know, sometimes we just forget and, you know, go into those places, but just know that, you know, it's so, so much easier than it might feel to be able to get out of that space, to be able to, you know, go to one of these festivals, to be able to just search on meetup, one of your interests that you might have, and just go hang out with a group of people that also share the same interests. Cause I think that's probably the one thing that inspires most is knowing there's other people out there that want the same things you want. And, you know, sometimes there's people who don't even know what their interests are. And for those people, you know, I recommend just feeling like literally just feeling and being like, you know, some people call it meditating, but really it's just feeling like your body and feeling just your emotions and just like letting it all flow through. And sometimes something will pop into your mind of what you want or what you like, you know, just think about your goals in your life. And I feel like, yeah, like writing goals helps inspire me doing like miracle morning practices. There's a book called Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've not read it yet. Yeah. So anything from that, exercising, journaling, visualizing, visualizing is one of my favorite things to like visualize, you know, your dream life. But yeah, I, I think getting out there and just talking to other people is probably one of the biggest things that you could do to get motivated and inspired. And now a more detailed question, just when I I met you in Mexico and I was learning some of the things that you teach, you mentioned this thing called hempcrete that I'd never heard of. And that is something that can help with the construction of some of these sustainable buildings and maybe lasts a bit longer than wood, but it's environmentally friendly and it seemed to have a number of different applications. Could you tell us a little bit about that, where that fits in? Yeah. So hempcrete is amazing. It's carbon sequestering. So um, when you grow the hemp, obviously you're sequestering carbon. It grows super fast, like way more sustainable than timber or wood, what we normally use, because you can just grow it in the matter of full size within three to six months, um, rather than sometimes a hundred years wood takes. So that helps it be more sustainable, but also um, when you create the blocks, you mix it with limestone and it actually continues to sequester carbon as the lime hardens. So it, as it sits, it actually continues to sequester lime for 
maybe, you know, months to years sometimes. So it's really incredible. Um, they've been doing a lot more hempcrete houses. The only issue with it is that it's not like you can't build a foundation with hempcrete because it's not structurally sound. So you do need to have some sort of reinforcement in the walls, such as steel or, or wood sometimes, or, you know, there's also more sustainable types of building, which is geopolymers, uh, which could be like a bioceramic type of material like magnesium oxide, which is a, a new thing that's made with quartz crystals. There's also rammed earth. So that is when you take earth and you push it together to create walls. And it's very insulating, very efficient, completely waterproof. A lot of these types of structures that we're building now are natural disaster proof, will last hundreds and hundreds of years, much longer than the normal way that we build today with wood. And they won't dry rot, um, no pests, no mold. You know, if there's a hurricane or anything that comes through, then you know that you're going to be safe. So it's not only that level of safety and security, but also helps regenerate the planet as well. So, and there's just tons more out there of these different types of sustainable materials. So I could go on forever about that. That was one that I'd never heard of. And it's obviously got a lot of you know, potential benefits going forward. So yeah, thanks for that. And now it's time for Quickfire Inspiration. What is your most inspiring film? Oh, Avatar. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. Your most inspiring aspect of nature? Inspiring aspect of nature. I would say like huge waterfalls or vast ocean views. Anything that helps you get out of a small perspective of problems in your life and helps you see like the vast amazingness of nature. Brilliant. Your most inspiring aspect of design or style? Um, well, for me, that would be architectural design. And the most inspiring architectural design I've ever seen is it's from Vincent Calabau. I don't know how to say his last name. It's C-A-L-L-A-B-A-U-T, something like that. And he's from France and he just creates the most amazing city designs that are like circular buildings with completely zero waste and regenerative materials and green growing everywhere. And um, he creates like spiral designs and just beautiful, beautiful stuff. So I'll have to look that up. Your most inspiring song. What do you sing before you go out? Song. Oh, I love the song Aloha Ke Akua by Nako. It's so the most inspiring thing about it is the actual like official music video of it. It's like gorgeous okay. scenes with it's like harmonizing with nature and it's just so deep felt and emotional and just it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> you know, we'll put it in the show notes so people can click on if yeah. they want. Lastly, on quick fire inspiration, a most inspiring aspect of travel. Aspect of travel. Well, definitely travel helps you get out of your box and like see other cultures. And, you know, one of my first large travel trips was to Europe and seeing uh, like Rome and the Colosseum and all of that was so inspiring to me that humans can build things that last, you know, over 2000 years is just like, wow, like, why are we having houses that break down in a hundred years when we have this thing that lasts 2000. So that felt really inspiring to me to see different cultures and how they build. Thank you for that. And you mentioned there about the architecture. And again, when I was learning off you in Mexico, there's this term I'd never heard of, uh, sacred architecture, which is this 
beautiful, more interlinked way of designing things. But can you tell us a tiny bit more about that? Yeah. So um, one of the aspects of the Venus project is its circular city design. So this makes transportation more efficient. It makes the city more beautiful. It makes it easier to get from point A to point B and all the different things that you need. So it's all about efficiency and like beauty and biophilic. So biophilic is a term that's used in architecture a lot to be like in harmony with nature, like resembling nature qualities. So in nature, there's not too many like sharp edges. I don't know about any sharp edges really in natural nature, like 90 degree angles, I mean. And so building with these like rounded shapes that are more like a tree or Um, You know, these sorts of structures just feel better to the body energetically. Also, you could use feng shui and there's sacred geometry, I think, is what you're alerting to with sacred architecture. Really, like there's like the temples and things that a lot of these are built with sacred geometry or dome styles, which, you know, these spirals, there's like the golden spiral ratio. There's the crystal spiral ratio and different types of geometries that you can build with. There's actually an architecture firm called Arquitectura Mixta. It's a Spanish, mainly Spanish company. And they're in Tulum right now. They've done the green school in Bali and different things like that. And they build with bamboo and they do everything based off of sacred geometry. And the buildings they do are just absolutely gorgeous. And when you actually step into them, you feel like you're not inside of a box. You feel like you're like outside in nature, but you're still inside. You can just feel the difference in the energy. It it flows really nicely. So I know it sounds like crazy to think sometimes, like you could feel differently being in a different shape building, but it actually does work from experience. So yeah. That's, That's brilliant. Before we get to the end, I did want to ask if there's any link with the indigenous wisdom in some of the things that you do, you know, like the land stewardship view of the native Indians and things like that, which is for me, you know, again, slightly new area. But is that part of your approach with what you guys are doing? Yeah, thank you for asking that question, because I feel like that's so important to remember, you know, how we can be in harmony with nature is learning from the indigenous wisdom. And there's, you know, been so much that has happened with the indigenous in the past that I feel like it is now are calling to help them and talk to them and see what they want and what they need and really help them thrive as a community and working with them. We have been working with them in several different projects and working with them is just such a dream because they absolutely love what we're about. And, you know, it seems counterintuitive because, you know, developing sometimes is a more seen as like destroying nature, but you know, when we work with the indigenous and we actually talk to them and ask them what they want and help them, they have helped with providing land that is sovereign for us to be a part of creating communities on. And with that, it can be really amazing because you don't have to be abiding by a lot of the governmental rules and building regulations and zoning and permitting and all of those sorts of things. And you can build things that are really needed for the community um, without having to go through a lot of those regulatory processes. But it's not only that, it's really listening to the Indigenous and how we're going to be building and where things want to be built. 
because they have a connection to the land that we don't even understand. You know, they can speak to plants. And I believe that is fully real because all it is is just listening to the energy, just feeling the energy of the land, really knowing what it wants. And that's the first step before we build anywhere is getting indigenous wisdom to come on the land and help us really analyze that and using a lot of their knowledge and wisdom on ways that we can work with plants and build in harmony that I feel is is very necessary. So that's definitely a key piece in everything that we're doing. Very, very beautiful that. Thank you. So the last couple of questions. What is most right in the world? What is most right? Well, I come from a world where I see everything like I'm attracting everything that I'm putting out. So I just want to tell a little story with this because yeah, when I was in Sacramento doing real estate, I literally didn't think there was anybody else in the world like me. I was like, where are all of these groups of people that are interested in sustainability, like that want to help the world? Like I just couldn't find them. I I couldn't find it anywhere on Meetup. I couldn't find it anywhere online. I was just like, I didn't think they existed. And finally, when I went on the sustainable living tour in San Diego, I had found my tribe. And since then, I've actually found a global tribe, global group of leaders that are all about creating a better world in so many different capacities, energetically and physically, and healing traumas and creating sustainable projects or products or services, whatever it may be. And now I have friends in Bali, in in Europe, in Costa Rica, you know, Thailand, all over the place that I know that they're doing amazing things for the world and we can just be connected super easily. And so I feel that that's really what's most right is this movement, this growing culture of finding out, like finding our purpose, our innate purpose, and actually doing that and having it be something that really helps the world and helps the planet and go into more of regeneration. And I just get more and more inspired all the time that I see so many people coming to me like, hey, can you help us build the community? Or, oh, we're building this community over here. We're building this city. And I'm just like, oh my God, there's so many projects happening. And before I didn't even know any of it existed at all. And so just seeing how quickly the movement is growing to a more sustainable and regenerative future is so incredible to me. Excellent. Right. And what's the next book on your reading list? Um, Well, I actually just started a new book today called Regeneration. It's called like the end of the climate crisis in one generation, I think is the subtitle. And it's by Paul Hawken. He also wrote the book called Drawdown, if people might have heard of that. And I was so inspired just in the first 10 minutes of listening to it. What he was talking about, I was like, I need to record this and put this out to the world like immediately is just so inspiring. He talks about what regeneration really is and what it means and how we can actually um, within a decade, if everybody got on board, reverse climate change. And yeah, it's just so amazing. So anybody who wants to read more about regeneration, definitely that one would be a good one to recommend. Cool. And if people want to get in touch with you, how should they do that? Yeah, so there's my website, newearthnow.world. And there's 
my email, kelly at newearthnow.world. Also Facebook, Kelly Kresik. I'm the only Kelly Kresik that I could find on Facebook or Google. <laughs> and that's K-R-E-Z-E-K. Right. And same on Instagram as well. So any of those ways are, are good. That's been so inspiring. Thank you, Kelly, for your time today. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it is my greatest honor to inspire and uh, help the world. So thanks for having me on. Whoa, there's so much that resonates with Kelly's tribe, building regenerative cities, using sacred geometry and linking to indigenous wisdom. There's so much in my life that I would like to do in this space. Here's my top 10 hits of inspiration from Kelly. One, why not combine regenerative living with luxury living? Two, we all have the resources needed now to make sustainable regenerative cities. Let's do it. Three, on development projects, consider slowing down and applying permaculture principles. Four, as Kelly did, it may be worth humbling yourself and starting anew with your true passion rather than continuing with goals that are not satisfying you. Five, create connections in and learn from the leaders in your field of dreams, whatever that may be. Six, surrounding yourself with inspiring people that are trying to create a better world can really help remind you who you are and why you're here. Get inspired by the global tribe that is helping do amazing things for the planet. You can connect to them super easy, if that's your thing. Seven, find people with similar interests for example, on meetup groups, if you're feeling low, it helps so much to know that similar people are out there with similar interests who want the same thing. Eight, get inspired by sacred geometry and biophilic design. Nine, indigenous wisdom can help us learn how to live in harmony with nature. 10, you attract back what you're putting out into the world. And finally, 11, once you get going with your own passion project, you can get even more inspired by all the people that are coming to you asking for your expertise who are also wanting to head in the same direction like is what is happening with Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Watch out for news on our new group. Thank you everyone for listening today. Your kind attention is really appreciated and valued. If you feel some inspiration from today's episode, please share it and please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you wish, leave us some comments. In your comments, please let us know any inspirational subjects you'd like us to cover. As I aim to build a bank of both inspiration and stories of events that inspired close connection between groups of people. If you have something to share in this space, send me an email at inspiringteamhuman at gmail.com. Watch out for the next two episodes where we'll be speaking to Jenny Long, inspiring mother who's helping others to escape the rat race, who's an expert at property investment overseas. Looking forward to getting down on the detail with her. And Andy Rayo, who gives the full monty in marketing and design with his company Codebreak. He's also a best-selling Amazon author with his book Stay Hungry. And he's a loving family guy with two gigantic cats. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.